This is Nike Spalding with God on Tap, and as always, I'm your host, but today we are doing something a little fun. Uh, we will do four days of devotional, and then on Fridays we'll do Friday Feature, Friday Fun Day, Friday French Fry, whatever you want to call it. I'm not sure. So <laughs> today's Friday Feature is actually going to be a good friend of mine, Alex Wilkes. Alex, say hi to the friends at home. Hey, friends. So sweet. So polite. I can already <laughs> tell which voice is going to bother them, which one they're going to like, but that's all right. Uh, Alex is a good friend of mine who has recently done a deep dive into the book of Amos as well as spent some time in the prophets. And so uh, we're going to just talk about just we're going to back the camera lens out about 30,000 feet above ground to just talk about prophecy in general today, uh, because I think it'll be helpful to the conversation that we're having about Amos as we continue in the book. And so before we get started, let's tell the folks at home who you are. Okay. So just existential. Who are you? I am a friend, an aunt, a daughter, and a speech pathologist. Wow, that was not even rehearsed. That was really good. Okay, so, <laughs> yeah, so what's your Enneagram number? Because people are going to ask that. I'm a two. And your best friend's an... Eight. And how's that working out for you? <laughs> Some days it's great. Some days it's great. All right, not today. Okay, so Alex hates uh, being the center of attention, and so I dragged her in here. This is not her favorite way to... I guess, engage with the Bible. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's fair. But nobody has to look at me, so okay, it'll fair. be all right. But that's the reason why I brought her in here is because Alex is a student of the Word. She would not call herself a teacher. Um, yep. And yet, I think the woman is like bursting at the seams with wisdom. And so this Thanks. is the easiest way I could get her to trick her into teaching since I think she's got a lot of great things to say. <laughs> and so let's just start with this. This was a question I posed several weeks ago in our Amos class here at St. Jude Oak Cliff, the church that we're both a part of. And I asked the question, really, I asked, when was the last time you've read the prophets? And except for you, I think, and then one other guy who was in seminary, almost everybody said, hey, it's been a really long time. Mm -hmm. So my follow-up to that is then, why do you think people don't read the prophets? Yeah, I think before I read the prophets and got into them, they were confusing. And... um, there's a lot of imagery in them that doesn't make sense, and I think if you were to read it at face value and walk away, it feels like you're reading about a God who's super angry, and it's hard to reconcile that with what we know of Jesus in the New Testament and in kind of what we see in some of the other stories. And so I think it's just a place that I had stayed away from for lack of understanding it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's – wouldn't you agree that's what a lot of people in our class even said too? Yeah. Yeah, one, one gal in particular said, because they're a downer, right? And I think that that's, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's a little far from the truth <laughs> once people get into the books, and hopefully people will see that, I think. Um, but I can I can totally relate to the fact that um, people also think they're hard to read. Mm-hmm. And can you want to ex- uh, expand on that, of just like ways that the prophets are hard to read for folks when they first just approach them? Yeah, I think there's a lack of understanding of, what kind of the imagery is about, what it means. Um, I think there's a lot of need to understand the historical context of that time. And I think without that, um, it makes it really tricky to understand why the prophets are saying what they're saying, because you got to know what was happening in the culture at the time um, and where they were in history, as well as geographically where they were located. So I think without that knowledge, it's yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I think you're bringing up a, sorry, did I cut you off? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
I do that a lot. Uh, I think, yeah, I mean, even the first, so let's see, Amos 1-2 talks about Carmel withers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Carmel's pretty direct, but if you're not, like, if you're not aware, that's referring to Mount Carmel. I right. mean, and where Mount Carmel is, that might not make, you know, you read that and you go, okay, Carmel, Car- the top of Carmel withers. Like, yeah. is that a caramel candy? Is that a mountain? <laughs> is that a high place? What is that? Is there a significance there? I think you're dead on. And that's a lot of why we spent so much time on episode one. I said we. That's why I spent so much time on episode one is because there is a lot of context that I think people are missing. Yeah, they need that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay. You got a question for me? I would love to know from you. The prophets are in the Bible. So obviously the Lord wants us to know what they contain. So how do we, um, as non-seminary educated humans, approach the prophets and read them? Yeah, I think that's a really good question because we just started with, okay, why are they so difficult? Which is what I, I purposely do that because I want to show people the barriers that we have when approaching them with a little bit of tools, we can overcome those barriers. So I think this is a really good question that you're asking because, you know, a couple of things that real quickly that I always tell people when you're entertaining the prophets or you're getting ready to read them, you always want to know sort of when they're they're writing to know if are you pre-exile during exile post exile and then the other thing that i'm straight up ripping off of scott booth from the pillar seminary shout out to them if you guys aren't following their podcast and aren't keeping up with them the pillar seminary is really incredible but scott booth recently came to dallas and he talked about here's just a really quick paradigm to how to approach the prophets because Mm -hmm. one of the things that makes the prophets also difficult is they switch time without a lot of warning you know you're like wait i thought we were talking about the present and now all of a sudden it feels like the camera just like shuffled back to the exodus mm-hmm. am i understanding this correctly and and to which i would say yes like that's what they do um the bad joke i made in class but i'm gonna make it again because i think it's funny is uh it's a little bit like a song the prophets play out like a song but you're not quite sure are we in the chorus wait do we go back to the melody <laughs> yeah or do we go back to the chorus again but we changed one lyric in it and which is why bringing sexy back is one of the most brilliant songs ever because it just tells you exactly where you're at in the song. <laughs> Take them to the bridge. Dirty ma- okay, this is clearly not. It's a uh, good song to reference on a God on Tap podcast. Yeah, this is definitely a PG podcast at this point. So, um, <laughs> yeah, thank you for that, keeping me accountable. So, uh, but to that point, the the paradigm that I think is really important is if you can locate yourself in time. So is the prophet speaking about the past? Mm-hmm. Is he speaking about the present? Is he speaking about a very specific time called the day of the Lord? Or is he speaking about the future? And there's near future and far future. And not to overcomplicate it in this podcast, but the past is God's resume. And you'll know mm-hmm. it because he's using past tense language. So yeah. didn't I bring you up out of Egypt? Didn't I set the stars in the heavens? And so it's usually a reference to one of three things. Uh, often God's reminding them he's the creator. He's reminding them that he brought them out of Egypt or he's reminding them, I gave you this land. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes the prophets reference the past because they're trying to remind people, do you do you remember who this God is? The present is where Amos actually spends a lot of time in the present and it's these accusations. What is it that's making God mad? Why is God sending the prophet? What have these people done that's gotten... God's attention to the point that he's sending a prophet. So you've got past, God's resume, present, what they're doing wrong. And then the day of the Lord is this very specific biblical theme, day, understanding. It's a day of visitation by God. Mm -hmm. For those who are oppressors, it is not a good day. But for those who are being oppressed, it's a day of redemption. So it's both judgment and redemption. And a good example of a day of the Lord 
is the Exodus. God comes, and for the Egyptians, that's not good news. Yeah. But for the Israelites, that was good news. And mm-hmm. so he threatens them uh, with a day of the Lord is coming. But this time, rather than them being, Israel being a positive recipient of the day of the Lord, we're going to see in Amos, he's like, I would not look forward to this because mm-hmm. just because you're my people doesn't mean you're spared from it. Yeah. Um, and then what I love about these books is that there's uh, a future part. And often that is seen fulfilled either in Jesus' first coming or we're still waiting for the in the second coming. And so there's usually hope in the midst of these books where God's going, oh, my goodness, you guys have completely forgotten who I am. You've completely walked away from my statutes. You're, you're worshiping false gods. But... There's this like always pivotal but in this in the text of a day will come when I will gather you back up. A day will come uh, when Zion will be restored. A day will come when David's throne will continue. You know, and so yeah. um, so past God's resume, present what makes God mad. Day of the Lord, uh oh, uh, judgment cometh in future. But hey, I'm I'm with you until the end, and I'm gonna make all things right. And so I think if you take that paradigm and lay it on top of the 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 prophets, it's not going to solve all the problems. There's certainly going to still mm-hmm. be references, but I don't want people to be intimidated by approaching the text. Yeah, and I think so, that's very helpful. Yeah. Um, as I was thinking about what I just said, though, I realized I talked about the future, and what's so interesting is I, I mean, well, let me let me back up. So let me ask you this. Prior to your deep dive into studying the minor prophets, what would you have said a prophet is? I probably would have said someone who can tell the future. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And what would you, and would you extrapolate that into prophecy too? Then prophecy would be yeah, a telling of the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Now that you've done a deep dive into the prophets and studied this, now what would you say is a prophet? Someone who's speaking on behalf of the Lord. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. I think in the simplest form, and so I think that's the other part that's difficult is people come to the prophets, and we often use the term prophet in our daily parlance, our daily. You know, just like Mm -hmm. if I'm like, ooh, that was prophecy. Like we often are using it only in the context of somebody looked into the future or was telling. Yeah, Yeah. right. And that's actually a very small portion of what happens in these prophetic books. It's Mm -hmm. certainly there. Um, And there's and there's a fun emphasis on it because there's books like Micah talks about out of Bethlehem will come. Yeah. You know, and so there's these fun every year at Christmas. We look back at Isaiah and and Micah and sort of these prophecies that were like, yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think we if we approach the prophets only looking for future telling, we miss out on some really key themes of what. That's just a small part of what they're talking about. Yeah. And I think if people uh, approach the prophets going, this person is speaking on behalf of God, then that changes your paradigm for even how you come. Because don't you want to know what God has to say? Yeah. (laughs) It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Did you feel like, so when you did a deep dive into the prophets, do you feel like that's what you got out of them? Though More and more you got to hear what it is that God cares about. Yeah, absolutely. I learned a lot about the Lord. Yeah. uh, At the risk of putting you completely on the spot, what would you say are some (laughs) reoccurring themes or things that you did learn as you just jumped into the prophets? Not even specific to Amos, but just, you know, let's say the minors in general. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's a place you can really clearly see God's heart for justice Hmm. um, and the way that he has made provision or is seeking to right wrongs in order to make provision for the oppressed and the poor and the um, needy among the people. 
Yeah, that's really good. Um, man, yeah. And I think that's the crazy part is, uh, well, you remember there was a season when I was a women's minister and I would always mm-hmm. tell you, like, we would we would bounce. I, w- I wrote curriculum for my previous church. And mm-hmm. so there were New Testament years and then the next year would be Old Testament, new, old, new. Yeah. And I think you remember this. I would tell you they never, uh, they being the women, and this is a broad stroke. So if some of you are listening and you're like, I was excited for those books. You are the lone exception. Thank you so much for believing in me. But <laughs> the uh, the times that we jumped into the old, like, and we do Genesis yeah. or Exodus, there was, I think, a little bit more of a reservation about the excitement for that because people, and I rightly understand this, people want to approach the text with something that's going to feed them today. You know, like they're they're going, it's very obvious to me how I can apply Romans. Yeah, I think they're looking for the application. Right, like yeah. How, what do I walk away from? What's the rule? Yeah, what, what, what I do I do? And can I be encouraged? Yeah. Like, how is it that I'm going to read the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and be encouraged by that in the same way that I'll read Philippians and say I've learned to be content in all circumstances, which I get is a little bit, those are different. Very different. Yeah, and even just narrative is different in general. And sure. yet I found overwhelmingly, because the Bible is unbelievably a profound literary book in addition to just being the living, breathing, active Word of God, that people were pleasantly surprised by how applicable Genesis and Exodus would be to yeah. their lives. Um, and so that's even part of, I think, we when we avoid the prophets. And I'm not saying, look, if you're approaching the Bible for the first time, and you have not ever studied it, I would not encourage you to jump into Amos. Yeah, I would say, not. Yeah, I would say, hey, maybe <laughs> start with the Gospel of John, and then sure. I think get some foundational historical books under your under your wings. I think spend some time in the Psalms and the Proverbs. In the Proverbs, that was a weird way of saying that. Um, <laughs> Proverbs. Proverbs. But, but if you want to really dive in and say, here's what God cares about, and you just said, hey, God cares about justice, he cares about that, mm-hmm. and it's going to be applicable to today yeah. if you really, if you mine for it. And because prophets are speaking on behalf of God, mm-hmm. you're going to see God, which is ultimately yeah. why we study the Bible anyways, right? And so, yeah. um, so let me, so let's, let's round this out then. If, if we're sitting here saying, hey, we think if people jumped into the prophets, mm-hmm. did some of the hard work that it takes to jump over those hurdles, which are, we're culturally removed from the ancient Near East, right. we're time-wise removed. Sometimes mm-hmm. we don't understand some of the references, but with a little bit of tools, a little bit of hard work, and with some understanding, we could really mine some good stuff. Mm-hmm. What do you think are some applications for today? It's a good question. I think... Um, and thank you. I know it was a good question. Yeah, yeah you're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I think it's important. I think for me, they rounded out, not entirely because I'm still learning who he is, but more of who the Lord is. And so I think... Growing up in um, an evangelical context, I heard a lot about, like, evangelism. And um, at times it felt like there were very black and white rule expectations. And so I think to read that and gain a fuller understanding of God's heart and what he values brings, or for me, has brought value to some of the work that I do in my job. It has brought... Let me let me interrupt because I think this is really important. Uh, when you introduced yourself earlier, you didn't mention that you are a speech pathologist. I think I said I was a speech pathologist. Oh yeah, you probably did. But I, specifically, <laughs> where you do? Because I think that's what. It's, yeah, yeah. Why? Where do you work? In my career's primarily in? been with um, Title One kiddos in elementary schools. And for people who aren't in education, Title One is low income, high minority populations. Um, 
impoverished areas. Yeah. And you've stayed there because? Because I love them the most. And rich kids are annoying. Uh, no. Oh, there we go. That's just <laughs> out there. It's for anybody who thinks I'm the snarky one in our friendship. Every now and then. Just expect- no, but you don't. I mean, you you say that in jest. But the yes. reality is, is you feel... You do feel... I feel called there. Yeah. And I think um, that's a place where I've been able to enter into spaces and love on families who don't fully understand um, maybe what their kids need or um, what's going on with their kids to make school really difficult. Yeah. And so... Would you say part of your role then is advocating for those yeah. who need that? Yeah. yeah. And I don't think... I think... I think I knew God valued that, but I think the prophets have given me like a place to point to, to be like, no, God... Like, the work that I'm doing is redemptive, and it's imaging the heart of God, which is really cool um, to give that. I mean, that just feels like a really huge significance to my work. So I think that's been really helpful. Yeah, I think that's – yeah, I, I think the the minor prophets, I think, as I – and you know this, and I think a lot of the listeners who know me well know that God has brought me on a journey over the last few years of opening mm-hmm. my eyes to – the value of justice and mm-hmm. my role in that as a minister and mm-hmm. moving me to a context where it's even more important uh, from North Dallas to Oak Cliff. If, if people are from Dallas and understand uh, the demographics of that move for me and the minor prophets felt like home to me. Yeah. Like it, it felt like, Oh, these are the things that I felt like intrinsically God's spirit was teaching me. Um, and not that the rest of the Bible doesn't scream the things. I think it does. I can't help but read justice on every page of scripture now. Right. Love, grace, justice, mer- you know, sort of all those things. Um, but the minors say it in, in, they're not unclear, right? I mean, Amos later yeah. is going to say, let justice roll down, down. like mm-hmm. river. You know, it's mm-hmm. going to be very clear that you have forsaken these things and God mm-hmm. cares about these things. Mm-hmm. And so let me, let me say this to my viewers at home. The reason why I brought Alex on here is because this is my friend who grew up in a predominantly affluent context mm-hmm. um, in a culture that uh, maybe didn't value justice. Not that they didn't value justice. I'm not, I, I, I don't want to speak negatively about yeah, it. No. I just don't think it was a preeminent value that you heard spoken of, maybe. I don't know. I'm not, maybe I'm not being fair. No, I think, I think you are. I think in that context, people learned about injustices happening around the world and entered into those conversations from a different place than maybe the miners have shown me. Yeah. I don't know okay. if that makes sense. That's great. No, I love that because I think now you're saying God has stirred in you a desire to use your work mm-hmm. as a way to bring about justice in a city mm-hmm. that has an inequality problem. Dallas yeah. has a huge inequality problem. Yes. And and what you are saying, hopefully I'm not putting words in your mouth, is that Amos and other books in the miners have showed you this is in accordance to God's will for your life. Yeah. Yeah. And so for those at home, uh, why I wanted to do this Friday feature is one, I want to give just a paradigm for how to read the prophets and hopefully some excitement. If you're still a little intimidated by them, well, then hang with me because I'm going to walk you through the book of Amos by mm-hmm. the grace of God. Uh, but if you are, if you have chosen to spend your life doing the hard work of staying in places that are difficult because you believe in the value of justice and you believe in the value mm-hmm. of righteousness, you believe in the value of, um, seeing your work as ministry to those who would not have access to it otherwise, I want you to know that Amos is going to make you feel really at home. Mm-hmm. And I and I hope that you'll continue to listen because I think you'll be encouraged. And so 
Uh, special shout out to West Dallas Community School, to some women I spoke to recently, there are teachers there that are spending their life doing the good work that God has called them to. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and shout out to the rest of the Title I teachers who are now on summer That's break, right. but we're recording this. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so uh, enjoy your two and a half months. You've earned them. I hope you do fun things and you rest well because God has more work for you to do as you push back against injustice in this world. Yeah. So anything else you'd like to say? No. You love rich kids. I do love rich kids. Yeah, you lie. You spend all your time with yeah. them, too. No, so. I do. I do. Yeah. All kids are brats. Let's they be all need oh, love. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I went there. All right. We all need Jesus. Okay. Uh, friends, if nobody's told you today that they love you, Alex and I love you. But way mm-hmm. more importantly, the God that is sovereign over the prophets is crazy about you. Mm-hmm. Peace. Bye.